Hello and welcome to BSN Extra. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. This is our final episode of the year. Hard to believe 2022 is already coming to a close. We're going to talk football today. Casey Keeler's going to call in. He's going to talk about this class. Huge class the Bearcats have brought in this year. 25 new guys. We're going to talk about all of that. Plus, they're bringing in a transfer quarterback. We're going to get into that as well here on BSN Extra. Bearcat fans, single game tickets for the Sam Houston men's and women's basketball seasons are now available to purchase. Reserve your seats now to cheer on the Bearcats at Johnson Coliseum throughout the 22-23 season. To purchase tickets, you can go to GoBearcats.com or call the Bearcat Athletic Ticket Office at 936-294-1729. We look forward to seeing you here at Johnson Coliseum. Eat them up, cats. Hello and welcome back to BSN Extra. Jason Barfield here, and I'm now joined by Casey Keeler. And Coach, it's been a busy offseason from the time the year ends, building up to signing day, the early signing period. I know everything kind of has changed for you guys over the last couple of years, but you guys brought in a big class. Let's start with just some some overall thoughts on the process of what got you guys here. You know, you know, Jason, we, we didn't have the momentum of winning a national championship or of, of winning 21 straight games uh, in a single calendar year. But what we did have was we had three bye weeks. And during those bye weeks, I thought we took advantage of uh, our coaches getting out to uh, of the Bay Area to hit those junior colleges and, and down to Mississippi uh, to hit those junior colleges and get out to all the high schools uh, in the state of Texas. And I thought um, – we took advantage of the fact that we had a nine-game schedule. We took advantage of the fact that we were in transition. Um, and I thought we brought in a really good class um, that I think is going to fill a lot of needs moving forward into uh, Conference USA. So 25 names on the list for you guys. I believe this is your biggest December class that y'all have ever done. Is that correct? Yeah, we feel pretty good that, you know, we still have a couple spots to fill yet, but we felt pretty good that, uh, we got most of the class taken care of. You know, right now, the way it works is you, you kind of have three kind of recruiting pools to work out of. You have the high school recruiting pool, which is always going to be our foundation. You know, to take all junior college or all transfers, you know, that's called junior college. You know, we, we want our foundation. So our base will always be, you know, the Texas high school player. And, and we did that again this year. Um, and then, you know, it's going to be a combination of junior college players and also portal players. And I think every year is going to be a little bit different. This year, we felt the portal players were just being over-recruited. So we were involved with some some portal kids that were probably guys that should come to our level and were getting low power fives, high G5 offers. And so fortunately, what we had done is we had gotten very involved in the junior college market. Um, I think a lot because we had that extra time uh, with the fact that we had the three bye weeks and um, I thought we did a great job in the junior college market. We hit um, some real big home runs, some real needs, uh, some guys that we think can come and play right away for us. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think we really kind of leveled out the, the recruiting um, pretty equally between what we did in the high school ranks and what we did in the junior college and portal ranks. Yeah, kind of setting up those numbers on the high school side, 14 kids coming in, all Texas high school kids I know is important to you. 
Um, then when you look at the transfers, 11. Y'all went eight JUCO, which I don't remember there ever being a signing class with eight JUCO transfers. And then you went three guys in the portal. So touch a little bit more on that, uh, go, diving into the JUCO route and what bringing in JUCO guys can do for the program. Well, the portal has actually made more really good players go to junior college. Okay, because what's happened is less high school players are getting recruited because of this portal. And now more high school players aren't satisfied with where they're going. So now you're getting some really, really good high school players that might have gotten lower offers earlier, now going to junior college and developing. So, uh, like I said, every year is going to be a little bit different. You know, you can't say, hey, we're going to go heavy in the portal, because you don't know how the portal is going to dry up at a certain position based on what other people's needs are. The reality is is that we're not going to be able to recruit against Alabama and Florida and USC. So if they want somebody, they're taking them. And, you know, we're a little bit further down the pecking order. So and sometimes guys, when guys are leaving Power Fives, they want to stay Power Five. And so sometimes it's tough convincing them to come down to G5. So you need to be flexible. And like I said, you can't put your eggs all in one basket. That's why your foundation really has to be the high school players, which we have found um, – we're getting even better high school players because so many guys are in the portal. So many guys are taking portal players that there's even a better high school group out there for us. And then again, it's between a mix between portal and, and, and JC transfers. This particular class, we felt the JCs were really strong and we got a chance to get some really good football players in here and got them on some early visits. And that set up the reason why we got so many good signees uh, during this first period. Talk to me just a little bit about the process and kind of um, who all's involved in this and kind of what it takes for y'all to be able to go from, you know, throughout the season and, and the work that goes into it, and then especially over the last month from the time the season ends to signing day and what it takes to put together a class of 25 players like this. Yeah, you, you know, the, that old expression, it takes a village. <laughs> it, 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 it truly does take a village in the recruiting process. It all starts with, with usually the, 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 uh, uh, the point person, uh, the territory coach, you know, him talking to uh, either a junior college coach or a high school coach. Uh, and then from there, it's usually the position coach getting involved. Uh, and then the, you, you work hard to get them on campus. And, and then once you get them on campus, our players do a phenomenal job. I mean, I can't tell you, first of all, how proud I am of our players, but also – the, the feedback we get back from recruits and from players, um, re recruits and players' parents in terms of um, just how genuine our players are, how much they love the culture, uh, how it's a family here, because that's what you're trying to portray. You're trying to portray the family we have here. You know, uh, my son was a, a Division One lacrosse player. I didn't want to drop him off to a business. I want to drop him off to a family. And um, that's what we, we, we have here. We have a family. And Clayton Barnes, our, our general manager, does a phenomenal job just sort of organizing and orchestrating the whole thing. And Darcy Doherty is our on-campus uh, recruiting coordinator. Uh, she wears many hats, but that's one of the things that she does. She organizes that entire weekend in terms of where they're going, who they're meeting, uh, who's uh, wh where we're having dinner, where we're having lunch, what festivities are set up. And then you just meet the support staff. <clears throat> Parker Whiteman, our strength coach, Mike Reed, our academic advisor. Tristan uh, Conley, who's a phenomenal trainer, uh, Chris Dunlap, our equipment manager, they get a chance to meet all those people. And as they're meeting those people, 
they see that there's kind of a, a common theme in, in our, in our program. It's a, it's a, a theme of unity. And, uh, I always tell our, our staff that there's never net zero in the recruiting process. You know, if someone meets a support staff member or a player, it's either going to be a positive or a negative experience or zero. And so fortunately for us that when they meet our, our players, it's always a very positive. And that's one of the reasons why I think we've recruited so well. You know, I know um, obviously just the coverage of recruiting has changed over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And, you know, it, it gets a ton of publicity and the internet has changed a lot of that. And a big part of that has been the rating the players, whether it's a, a composite score or whether it's, you know, stars from a different website and stuff like that. So, you know, when it comes to you guys and y'all's evaluations, how much do y'all take into account, you know, if this is a three-star guy, a four-star guy, two-star, no, you know, no-star? What what sort of impact does that have as y'all are going through the evaluating process? Yeah, yeah first of all, the, the thing I can tell you right now is that Michigan – and Alabama and USC and Sam Houston all did the same thing this recruiting cycle. We all made a mistake in the recruiting process. Every single one of us did. It's, it's never perfect. Um, but you've got to let your eyes be the judge. Don't let someone else's eyes be the judge. And so, you know, I'm very proud that we just got two of the top three, you know, recruited players, uh, you know, rating-wise in the history of, of the program. But, but – our eyes were on those guys, and we felt they deserved the rating they got, and we thought they were two great players that we were getting. You know, so many times uh, these stars are given way earlier than they should be given, and now they don't want to take those stars back. And so what you find is, you know, guys like Gedeon Lewis, guys like Trevor Williams, guys like Bridge Blunt. Hey, how about a guy like Eric Schmidt? Those were guys who weren't star guys. Eric Schmidt led us to, to win a national championship. Eric Schmidt was the second quarterback taken in that class. So, um, you know, I understand the ratings. We all look at the ratings, uh, but you can't get caught up with the ratings. You know, there was a team in our conference that had a, a, a pretty high star rating. And you look at most of those three stars they got, their best offer was that school. So that kind of tells you that they weren't going up against uh, higher level schools because those higher level schools, didn't feel that player deserved that rating. So again, um, those, those stars are great, but quite honestly, um, you can't make judgments on the stars. We could have probably signed 10 three stars and, and people would have said, well, look at the great recruiting class they had. It really wouldn't have been a great recruiting class because seven or eight of those three stars have been way overrated and we feel we got better players. So again, you, you don't get caught up with the stars, get up, get caught up with the fact that, you know, um, We've obviously recruited very well here, and we've obviously evaluated very well here, and we'll continue to do that. And uh, we do look at those stars, but we don't make that uh, part of our process in terms of if we're going to offer someone a scholarship or not. You know, and you kind of you kind of led into a little bit now in the next the next part of this. Um, you know, going from the Southland to the WAC, and now preparing for Conference USA, uh, your 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 competition is changing, not just on the field. But your your recruiting battles are changing as well. So you're now up against different schools than you've been in the past. How has that changed? Maybe your approach and your mindset to recruiting, knowing that uh, that your competition for these guys is a little bit different than it's been in the past. Yeah, 
there's no question all the G5s in the state of Texas, Texas are our main recruiting foes. And then our conference and probably La Tech, you would say, is the closest to us. And obviously UTEP, who's a G5 in our conference, in our state. Um, that's probably where we look at the end of the day and say, okay, how did those schools recruit versus how we recruited? Um, and that's where our competition. And uh, we're trying to keep the high school kids in the state of Texas here in Texas. Uh, and then also we're battling the junior college and the portal kids on, against those same people. You know, we, we went down to five, about five o'clock last night until uh, we finally got our last signee in. And we were battling a group of five uh, here in, in the state of Texas. And then all of a sudden, a Pac-12 got involved. And then all of a sudden, the AAC got involved. And a Mountain West got involved. And, you know, our, our coaching staff just did a phenomenal job just kind of reminding them what they had, why they had chosen us and what, what they saw at Sam Houston. And people coming in late and making promises isn't the way you want to live your life. You want to go with, you know, people you can trust because you develop a relationship with them. And we were fortunate to hold on to a, a couple of great recruits there at the end. So uh, we battled hard. Uh, the competition has definitely gotten stiffer. Um, and, uh, you know, we feel really good about the class we brought in. Have you had to change anything with your philosophy or approach or anything like that, making this change to Conference USA? No, I don't think so. I, I think the most important thing is honesty. I think the most important thing you try to show them is, you know, like who who, who is Sam Houston? And we haven't changed. Sure, we, we've moved up a, a level in terms of from FCS to FBS. But, you know, we, we be, believe a lot in, in, in love and, and um, um, you know, just um, trust. And, and we always say you can't love somebody unless you know somebody. And you can't trust somebody unless you know somebody. So, so we spend a lot of time in our program getting to know each other. And we're very close because we spend so much time together and we do do a lot of bonding things that, you know, to, to understand each other and to love each other and to trust each other. And that just translates well in the recruiting process. And again, if I'm a parent, I don't want to drop off my child to a business. I want to drop my child off to family. And I think that's what is, is shown when, when you come on our campus. And so that hasn't changed at all. Our mindset in terms of how we recruit is still the same way when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, the portal's changed everything. And I think navigating the portal uh, is going to be one of the great challenges every single program at every single level is going to have uh, from this point forward. And I think we did a really good job of navigating the portal. I thought we got some really, really, really great players out of the portal the same time, boy, we really did, did a great job in the junior colleges. So um, with the high school recruits and the JC recruits and those couple of guys we took in the portal, I thought all in all it was a great, great group. Well, let's go ahead and dive in now position by position on these guys. And we won't get into specifics on each guy. We're still going to do our ESPN signing day special like we've always done every year. We'll do that in February and we'll dive deeper into each of these guys, probably bring Clayton in and do some other things for that. But I do want to talk about some of these guys that you are bringing in. And obviously, anytime you bring in a quarterback, it's going to get headlines. Anytime you bring in a transfer quarterback, especially, it's going to bring in headlines. So let's talk quarterback. You brought one in, a transfer from Washington State, Xavier Ward. Um, what do you like about him? Kind of what is, uh, what are, what's his mold going to look like? Uh, just talk to me a little bit about Xavier. Yeah, first of all, we brought in an older quarterback because of how the quarterback room is is 
kind of in disarray right now. You know, Jordan Yates is probably not going to go through spring ball coming off a, a foot operation. Um, Trapper Panel uh, will not go through spring ball. Uh, was injured in that last game, even though he played the entire game. Just what a warrior. Uh, he, he had a knee surgery. Um, you know, Keegan Shoemaker, um, we think is going to make it back for spring ball, but he got hurt in that last game, and uh, they feel like by spring ball he'll be ready to go. Uh, so then Silas going one right now today, I can tell you, is healthy and ready to go for spring practice. Uh, and we think he is a tremendous upside. Uh, so it was obvious that we had to bring in an older, older quarterback. Um, you know, we looked at a lot of quarterbacks, and we rated them pretty quickly. And, and Xavier Ward quickly moved up to the very top uh, of that list. And, and that happened because, you know, we had some contacts at, uh, at Washington State. And, and also just understanding his circumstances, you realize the upside he has. So here's a young man who is going to go into his uh, senior year. He's one of the top 55 quarterbacks in the country rated, you know, in the stars. You guys want stars. There you go. There's a, a three-star who's ranked in the top 55 quarterbacks in the country. And then all of a sudden they lose their senior year to COVID. And the California high schools didn't play. So what's his option? Maybe he's young, so maybe stay in high school another year. No, exact opposite. He decides to take semester classes and graduate. Now, he goes to Washington State early. And so he's just turning 19 right now. He could be a senior in high school right now. That's how young he is. And if you look at his talent, it, it, it truly is amazing. He reminds you a lot of Cam Ward. Very quick release, very athletic, um, you know, great size, um, great speed. I mean, a, a real dual threat quarterback, phenomenal young man. I got a chance to spend uh, time with, with he and his dad uh, come this past uh, weekend. And uh, just, uh, just great people. And I promised I'd come out and see mom uh, and, and, and get a chance to spend some time with her. So I'm hoping to get out there and do that in January. But, um, you know, here's a young man that we think can come in and compete, uh, has three years of eligibility. So uh, a lot of the Power 5 quarterbacks were going to other Power 5 schools. I think Xavier slipped a little because he just hasn't played. And you have to remember when Eric Morris went to Washington State, he brought his own quarterback with him. And so all of a sudden, you know, that moved Xavier down the list a little bit. And um, his misfortune is our fortune. I think we have a really, really talented young man coming in who we have spring practice with, which we're really excited about. His numbers in high school, uh, he's from Corona, California, so a California guy, uh, 6,600 yards, 54 touchdowns. Kind of what, what sort of style quarterback is he? Well, the amazing thing is when you look at his high school tape, you see a little flaw in his motion. I mean, the slightest flaw. Then you see his college tape. And what he did in practice, we do practice tape and also his, his, his stuff from, from uh, YouTube and, and fr from, from uh, on his own site. And you can see how he really refined his release. And, and a lot of it's just him getting stronger. Like I said, he's young. And so as he was developing, you could see him even get better with his technique. But he is a, a, a true pocket passer that's not going to leave the pocket until he needs to. And when he needs to go, well, he can go now. So I call him a dual threat, but at the same time, he's a guy that's going to sit in that pocket first and, and, and go through his passing progressions and pull that ball down when he needs to. At the same time, we also can run 
a sophisticated run game with him because he is really an outstanding athlete. So he fits perfectly in what we want to do offensively. And uh, like I said, I think the only reason he was there was because the fact he kind of got behind Cam Moore and didn't really get on the field. But talking to the, the coaches at Washington State, looking at his high school tape, looking at his practice tape, you can see that uh, he has a bright future. All right, let's move to uh, really the rest of your offensive signees. I want to start on the O-line. Um, six offensive linemen signees, four high school, two JC. And I'm just going to read down some numbers real quick. Six foot six, six three, six four, six four, six four, six five, two eighty, three hundred, three oh five, two eighty, three hundred, three twenty five. You guys are building yeah. a Conference USA offensive line, aren't you? Yeah, we really are. And it was kind of the same mindset we had when, when we were getting thumped by North Dakota State and James Madison in those national championship semifinals games. It's like we had to get more physical in the O-line and D-line. And I think we really did it here. I love the four high school offensive linemen we took. And we're involved with a fifth one right now. We're still in the recruiting process that might be as good, if not better, than any of them. And I'm really impressed with the four we got. The nice thing is that Easton Fulton is coming as an early enrollee. And I think he's a play. I mean, he is just an absolute beast. And some guys from more schools, they don't they, – they don't get recognized all the time. You know, sometimes people miss those guys. And here's a guy who played both ways. Here's a guy when, when the quarterback um, missed practice because he was sick, he was out playing out there playing quarterback some. I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. Love the two JC guys we got. I mean, McCollum is a beast, 6'5", 325, uh, you know, all-state kid out of high school. I think he's a big-time prospect. I think, uh, uh, you know, Jackson Smith out of Tyler J.C., um, was maybe a little overlooked. I think he's another guy, tackle, that can come in and play right away for us. So we need some guys who can come in and make some immediate impact, and I think we got some guys there. I also think we developed an offensive line for the future. You talk about an early enrollee. Y'all had another one with your tight end signing. Y'all just went one tight end, but Bryce Gilchrist, 6'3", 240. Yeah, Bryce Gilchrist, you know, he's a guy we got late. I uh, was set to go to another group of five in our, our state and we convinced them to come our way. He's that guy that you can put his hand in the dirt, but probably is going to be more used as an H-back, a fullback, sort of jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, a versatile athlete, um, really fits what we want to do, very physical, but he still moves well in space. But we got involved in him so late in the process, uh, I just was very happy that we could get him on board. Two running backs coming in, one high school, one transfer. What do you like about this group? Yeah, you know, first of all, I really like the speed from the high school uh, recruit. I mean, Brown just can fly. Uh, you know, you look at Gentry. I mean, he's a guy that's a proven guy. Played really well a couple of years ago at Utah State. Just didn't get the opportunities this year. Uh, it's from North Shore. Uh, was, was a captain of a championship team, you know. Uh, you know, had the championship DNA in him. Um, he's a physical, explosive runner. You know, when you met him, you could just see the body. I mean, he he runs he, he runs he runs hard, and that's what we're looking for is a real tough physical runner. So, uh, great to bring him back to the great state of Texas. Yeah, and coming from a program, you know, his last two years in high school, he went thirty-two and zero. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that that's that's real big time high school football there. Yeah, and, and you you love getting guys from those great programs because they know what it takes, and they understand the commitment level, and that it's not okay to be okay. And uh, again, you know, he was an easy take for us. 
loved his tape. Um, they didn't want to lose him. We, we, we know the people at Utah State well, the great people, and they did, really did not want him leaving. But, you know, he just didn't quite, get quite the opportunity this year that he had the year before. And I think he felt it was time for him to move on, and he did, and we, we were very fortunate to get him. On the wide receiver side, you guys go four signees, one high school. Y'all go three JC at the receiver position. Um, you know, when you and when you look at these guys, it's a mix of really styles. You got a 5'11", 175 guy in Malik Phillips, and then you've got 6'6", 210 in Quintavious Workman. Yeah, first of all, with Lonnie and the, the high school group, you know, he's just a great player. You could not turn down. You know, he's the third-rated player in the history of, of of our program. So, so, so taking you know the, the high school player, um, you know Lonnie, with, with, that was an easy take. But we felt with the young group we have already in that wide receiver room, we w- needed to bring in some experience. You have Noah Smith, and you have Ife Dehi, and, and now you need to build around those two guys. But one of the things we wanted to do is we took Phillips. We we knew we were getting a great athlete. The guy who could fit right with those guys, elite ball skills. But we wanted to add some size to the outside. And when we took the two cues, Quintavious uh, is, you know, all of 6'6". Six, six. Uh, he is a full-grown-ass man and, uh, boy, um, really has great ball skills. Uh, he's just not a big guy that you're going to throw the ball up to in the end zone. He's a guy that really runs great routes, very fluid, uh, and he's going to be a, an absolute mismatch. And then Quavez. Quavez was the leading receiver in the country at the junior college ranks until he had a foot injury. Uh, another big guy, 6'3", 215. So we added some, some size outside. You know, talking to our defensive guys, Jason, they hated when they were going up against those 6'4", 6'5", wide receivers, especially with down the red zone. They always felt they had to get a second body out there because of the mismatch on the little bit smaller corner. So, again, it was a mindset that we wanted to go get some big wide receivers, older guys, and we did that. And I think we're really going to help our offense with those uh, those guys. And while we're talking rankings, I do want to mention on Quintavious, ESPN put out their top 50 JUCO kids, and he's the number two receiver in the country according to ESPN's rankings. Take it for whatever it yeah. is, but that's – No, no, know. no, I'm, t- I'm telling you, he was a steal. He was an absolute steal. But what happened is he got on our campus – his dad came up, his dad, dad is in, in Texas, and they just met our people. And, and they just saw that, you know, this is, we take care of each other. And, um, you know, we were just thrilled to get him. And I think that was part of us getting Xavier was the fact that Quintavious was coming. And all, they quickly developed a relationship via, via text message and, and those kinds of things. And, and I think they could tell that, wow, we can get something special there uh, in Huntsville. And uh, so, yes. Uh, Quintavious uh, being the second-ranked uh, uh, junior college receiver in the country does not surprise me because uh, uh, we think he's a big-time player, and, again, we think he can do some special things in Conference USA. All right, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Uh, defensive side, y'all went with 11 and um, three guys on the defensive line, and I have to say I am absolutely loving the fact that you signed a guy named Meatball. Oh, and I don't even know if he has a first name. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think he literally. I mean, his dad, his his uncle, everyone calls him Meatball. He's Meatball, and uh, you know, here's a guy that was a preseason All Conference player at Georgia State. So not only did he play and contribute it, contribute at the you know Division One level, he was a preseason All Conference player. You know, just decided that it was time to 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 uh, 
get a fresh start and, and, and go somewhere else. And, uh, um, you know, we got him on campus. We love him. Um, he is about six foot, about 300 pounds, uh, and he is physical. And so uh, we felt there was a real strong need there, and we think this guy's going to come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, so, again, um, and we have a couple more spots uh, on the D-line. D Don't be surprised if you see us take another defensive lineman or two as we go through this process. You know, and we talked about the three pools uh, in recruiting, and this is a spot where y'all went one guy out of each. You had a high school, a transfer, and a JC. Yeah. I mean, we love the high school recruit. You know, Gaines is a really good football player. We get a chance to develop him. And then Nate White's an All-American. I mean, he's a junior college All-American, and he is the real deal. He will remind you of, um, like, a Markel Perry. And he'll play the same position. He'll play that jack position. So he's long and athletic and just plays with his hair on fire. And so we felt really good about how we helped the defensive front. Miami kid started his career at, at FIU, so he, he knows what this level of football is about. Exactly. Yeah, and, and again, um, I think we helped our room a whole lot by taking a couple older kids at that spot. You know, linebacker has been such a strong position for you guys over the last few years, and you've got a ton of depth there. But you did go get one. You got a high school guy, Forrest Gatlin, out of Mesquite. What did y'all like about Forrest? We probably wouldn't have taken a high school linebacker unless it was Forrest. I mean, that's what an FBS linebacker looks like. That's what a conference USA linebacker looks like. I mean, we got a great one here. You know, team captain, uh, natural strength, runs runs really well, plays hard. He's tough. Um, you know, he was a guy that you just could not pass up because he was that special football player. So, uh, yeah, I feel really good about that take. And uh, he's going to go into a room where there's uh, a lot of really good football players. And he has a chance to grow there. And then this is the this is the position that jumped out at me when I got the list and started looking over it. Seven defensive backs, five out of high school, two JCs, and once again, kind of similar to the receivers. When you look at five of these guys are six foot or taller, you know, that's that's one of the things that over the years, anytime I talk to people about, you know, our team and they always want to know why we're not bringing in six two, six three corners, because they're going other places. It, those are hard guys to get, and you're able to get a couple of six two guys, five guys over six foot. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this group. Yeah, I mean, we really like the guys in the back end. Um, really talented, athletic guys. The guy in the high school class that jumps out is Jamari Wiggins, uh, who will, will be the, is the number one recruited player in the history of Sam Houston in terms of rating. Uh, district MVP, um, you know, just a guy who, he, that's what FBS safety looks like. And uh, just really rangy and physical. Um, he's going to make an immediate impact on us. Then, then the other two guys, you know, we, we took, you know, older guys. We took Hobbs and, and, and Crosby. Uh, you know, you talk about just really talented guys that we think can come in and make an immediate impact. We felt we needed a starting corner. We think we have a shot. Maybe one of these guys could be a starting corner. We think we need a starting safety. We think one of these guys could come in and be a starting safety for us. So, uh, and these two guys, we went down to the very end. And we're battling a lot of really high-level teams for them. And fortunately, they, they chose the Bearcats. So uh, Hobbs and Crosby, um, I think, are going to be guys you're going to see, uh, see us see play a lot of football at Sam Houston. Um, you know, Hobbs is that, uh, uh, you know, typical long corner that, uh, you know, uh, makes a lot of plays in the ball uh, and uh, just, you know, rangy, 
Um, you know, just that, that kind of lockdown corner sort of mentality. Uh, Crosby's that, that, you know, rangy safety that is really communicative, kind of, you know, directs traffic back there was their team captain. Again, you know, getting those two guys, I think was, the, you know, we felt at the end was it made the whole class come together. And again, we battled to the end and the thing wasn't done until late, but uh, we finally got those guys locked in to be Bearcats. I'm really happy about that. And Hobbs, a guy coming home, Conroe High School, um, you know, and a lot of these guys are, you know, especially in the transfer side, guys who are coming back. But, um, you know, when, you, when you've got that ability to bring in a guy who grew up in the area, I'm sure that's always a plus for you guys. Absolutely. And that was part of, you know, what his mindset was. Uh, he has family members that played here uh, and, um, you know, relation that he knows. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a big deal coming home, and I think he wants to make an impact in his community. And I think you'll see him very involved in, in his community. I think, you know, when you look at this class top to bottom and, you know, you, you look at the list and uh, the, the guys, the high schools that they played for, I mean, these are, these are guys who are in very successful schools and, you know, have done a lot of winning and they're from big programs. And, um, you know, I think that's another thing that kind of jumps out at this class when you look at it. And uh, even the transfer guys who are coming back, they're all coming from big Texas high schools who have had a lot of success at that level. Well, you love to get guys who've been in winning program because in Texas, the, the, the demand of the player at the high level Texas high schools, it, it's pretty demanding, you know, from, from workouts to practice, to film study, to weight room. So the, the, the transition into college isn't nearly as significant and, and, and as difficult. And I try to, you know, tell my friends from other parts of the country, like, you know, what makes Texas different? It's a commitment level. There's a totally different commitment level to uh, resources in Texas for high school players than any other place in America. And so when you get a, a player from one of those, you know, high-level programs, you know that they've had great strength coaches. They, you know they've had great position coaches. You know they've gone to all the camps and they've, they've learned to watch all the tape. Um, and because that's how they do it. So again, you know, we, we feel really good about uh, the high school class we got. I thought we did a really super job finding some great JC guys. And then we, we took the three, the three uh, portal guys. And I thought we made big impacts on all three of the portal picks. So what's left? What's next? Um, what, what do you still have to do now before February? Yeah, we, so we will have a couple more official visits. We have a couple guys that haven't quite made their decisions yet, and so we'll have a couple uh, more official visits coming up here in January, and we're looking forward to that. And hopefully we get a couple more guys locked in uh, when, we, when we sign in February. And then we'll probably still have a couple scholarship available going into uh, the next portal period and the next time JC guys are possibly coming out. So, um, But we're not going to keep a lot, just a couple. I think we'll get most of this class uh, – you know, completed by the time um, February rolls around. All right. Well, Coach, that's going to do it. I appreciate you taking some time to talk about this here uh, before the holidays really get going strong. So uh, good job on this class. Uh, congratulations on it all. I know you and your staff worked really hard here. All right. Thanks, Jason. Eat them with caps. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week, this year's episode of BSN Extra. We will be back after the new year and uh, breaking down really a full spring coming up for Sam Houston here on BSN Extra.
This week's episode is recorded in the all-new studios in the Wood Forest Bank Athletic Center. This episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. All music is courtesy scottholmesmusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.